tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Thank you all for being here this morning. And uh, it's, it was my birthday last week, but it's my grandson Moses' birthday today. And uh, where are you, Mo? Are you heading out? Anyways, he's on his way out to kids' church and stuff like that. And yeah, November's a big birthday month for our family. There's me, then Moses, and my son. And then also Jericho's birthday is at the end of the month. So we're a lot of things that are going on in our family. But glad you're with us this morning. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here. And you may be wondering, why does Mike have McDonald's up front? Specifically, I don't know if you can read it, but it's the Egg McMuffin. Now, it has something to do with what we're talking about this morning, and I'm sure that you intelligent people are going to be able to figure it out before I explain it, but just be thinking about that as we're going along as an element, uh, uh, element to illustrate our time in God's Word this morning, but uh, keep it in mind as we go through our study today. You know, what's interesting is that we live in a, a very fun era where people are devoted to all kinds of things. We love to watch devoted uh, uh, athletes do their craft. How many of you love American football? Yeah, and, 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 and football has a bunch of devoted fans. What teams are we for? Rams. The Rams. What? The Steelers. Chiefs. Raiders. The Bears. No, yeah, nobody mentioned Seattle. That's Pastor Justin. He's at... I mean, I'm a little bit partial to the to 49ers. Josh, my son, and I went to many games. We lived up there. But I actually grew up in San Diego. So, you know, to me, it's always the San Diego Superchargers. How they became L.A. Chargers, I have no idea. But uh, there are some teams there. Uh, th- then there's also other soccer, which is real football. Uh, anybody fans of soccer? Any teams you're excited about? What team? Arsenal. What's that? Yes, okay, very much so. Uh, Jericho, who is up here, I mentioned this before, he's uh, partial to Liverpool. Actually, he's indoctrinated his kids. They all have little Liverpool jerseys on there. I I don't know if you heard the coach of of Liverpool talk, but he's a believer in Jesus. And that I'm I'm a little uh, partial to Manchester United, but that's uh, in that. And then basketball, who's not a Laker fan? (laughs) Yeah, raise your hands, right. Laker fans are a little bit crazy. Uh, But then I don't know if you know this, but just this morning was the Cricket World Cup. Yes, and did you know that India, they did, though they did not win the World Cup, was a disappointment uh, this morning as Australia beat uh, India in the last finals of the Cricket World Cup. But India went undefeated all the way up to the World Cup uh, last night this morning as they played in Mumbai, India. Uh, but then, of course, then there's curling. Come on. It's a sport. Canada, I love it. It's all over the world. Actually, there's c- curling tournaments going all over the place. Now, I'm not sure about the fans, though. I really love those uh, uh, curling stone hats. Did you guys see those uh, up there? And that's, I would love to get one of those. Uh, but, you know, just they're sweeping along, and it's just a interesting sport. Um, but there's fans there. Now, now devotion uh, is not so always in sports, uh, but if you go to Japan all o- and, and really all over the world, people are obsessed, devoted to anime. Actually, there's a term for people who, uh, with anime addiction, they're called otoku and, uh, ota- or otaku. It's kind of a typical nerd. Some say it's a derogatory term, so I hope I'm not swearing while I'm saying that. But, um, 
But a survey found that, that nearly 50% of Japanese teenagers describe themselves as a type of otaku. Uh, um, they are really devoted. But we see devotion in all kinds of different things. There's those who are devoted to the Lord of the Rings or, or Marvel or Disney or Harry Potter or Taylor Swift. What is a Taylor Swift fan called? A Swifty. Some of you said that with Swifty. <laughs> of course. Uh, deep devotion is a, is a heart choice. Uh, to be attached to, to, be, um, to persevere with, to associate with, to be present with, to spend much time on something is to be devoted. Way more than a mere hobby or interest, but a committed passion of the heart, connected with persistence. It's a, the choice to be devoted also shapes our heart, the core of our being. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, the choice to treasure something, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we choose to be devoted to captivates our heart and shapes us. That's why Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve, as an example, both God and money. So what we choose to give our heart to, what we choose to treasure, what we choose to be devoted to, is important. And so we are to guard our hearts. That's why Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, keep your hearts with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life. What we choose to be devoted to shapes us. That deep choice of devotion does have an effect on us. And if we choose to follow Jesus, that heart will be moved his way. And so we're to be careful to guard our heart against other things rather than God. Not that we don't have some things that we're excited about, but if we set our heart devotion on Jesus and his way, life will align. Matthew, if you go into verse for that, write down Matthew 6.33. For setting our hearts to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. Now, we've been talking about these first believers in the Bible book of Acts, and these first followers of Jesus were devoted to Jesus and the mission to love God and to love our neighbors. That mission also included to be a witness, as Acts 1.8 talked about. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, that, that Jesus said we're to be witnesses when the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon us, and we're to make disciples, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples. We're to do good works, as Matthew 5.16 says, let your light shine and do good works to other people, and also care for the needy, as Luke 12.33 says, and Matthew 25, verse 40 says that we're to help other people in need. And in our Bible study through this Bible book of Acts, we see these freshly filled with the Holy Spirit believers step out in devotion and with devotion. And here in our passage this morning, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, we're given four choices to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so I'd like for us to discover these four uh, choices and see where the Holy Spirit might be challenging us. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet, let's pray and asking God to help us. I also wanted to read that portion of scripture because it's such a small one this morning as we stand and then we'll, then we'll pray. Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. And they, talking about the new believers, the new spirit-filled believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, verse 44. And 
all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as many as had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad hearts and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we look at this incredible uh, window into what was happening with those first believers, Lord, really set an encouraging challenge for us in our own devotion. Lord, we can get devoted to so many things that shape our life, and Lord, we want you to shape our life. And so this morning, as we walk through this scripture and being challenged in the idea of devotion, Lord, help us to be more devoted to you. Holy Spirit, show us where we can be and choices we can make to treasure the things of you that we may be fully devoted followers of you, Jesus. Use this time, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat and encourage you to take out the outline that you were given as you walked in this morning from our wonderful ushers, as Jericho encouraged us with that. If you're online with us, this can be found uh, in the section called uh, uh, Revive, or on our website. You can look for that, or just get a piece of paper and write down some things. Uh, if you have this with you, there's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. And I, to this, this morning, I blasted you with about a zillion different verses. So make sure that you pick up the study guide, which is in our lobby area. Out these double doors, turn right. There's a resource desk there. That is there pick that up so you can get all those extra verses. If you're online, all those, are, this, this whole document's found there as well. There's some great questions to go through. Many of our life groups go through these or you can use this for personal study. So I encourage you with that. Also, to help you, there's a, a revived section on our website that has a lot of these. Uh, there's a link that I would love you to go look at as we talk about towards the end of our time together. I want to encourage you with that and, and, uh, and, and also want to encourage you to, to visit our podcast. We do this most every week, and it's a great opportunity to delve deeper into the Word. Well, the Bible book of Acts is really volume two from Dr. Luke. Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, and now the, 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 the Acts of the Apostles, or really should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been following the, this two-volume series is telling people um, who Jesus is and then what his followers have done since the ascension and, the, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we learned last week this, this amazing, incredible action that this Holy Spirit came. Uh, as you know, as the first part of Acts, the disciples were there with Jesus. He had risen from the dead, and he had been some 40 days with the believers telling him all the truths of Scripture, and they were with him. And then he, standing there, he's going to be ascended into heaven. And, and, and they're watching as this, and two angels come and say, why are you gazing into heaven? Come on, let's get with it. They began to pray, and Jesus said, wait there till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And they were in Jerusalem. It was the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, this rushing whoosh, wind comes in, and these tongues of fire are on these heads, and on the disciples' heads, and they're speaking out the truths of Jesus. But what they're speaking is coming out to another language, and, and, and people are hearing that. They're amazed. They come, and Peter preaches all about Jesus, about that, 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 we, that we need a Savior, and as Jesus, and he's the one. Even though you crucified him, he's the one. He's the Messiah. And they were cut to the quick, they got it, and, and they came to faith. Some 3,000 that day came to faith. It was incredible. And the Holy Spirit came and empowered all the believers. And from that point on, the Holy Spirit continues to empower. And now us who believe, that same Holy Spirit, when we come to faith in Jesus, that we're sinful, that we need a Savior, that is Jesus, that's the belief of a Christian, when we come to faith in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives teaching and training and helping and guiding and coaching and affirming and growing each and every believer. Now, you're not the only one who got left out because there's nobody who got left out. 
If you're a believer in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit with you, every single one of us. So don't ever lose sight of that. But how do we then now engage the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives? Do we just kind of participate when it's convenient? Or do we just kind of ride the lazy river and just whatever the Holy Spirit brings to us, that what we do? No. We have a will. And we have the power to choose. And like these first believers, we are to choose to be devoted, to be devoted to Jesus and his mission. And four choices to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. Kind of like when someone chooses uh, to have an English muffin. You choose to have it, and that's not the real meaning of this here. That's, that's coming. But, but think about that. It's like you know, when you choose something at a store, it's, it's a choice. You make a choice. You can be, make a choice to be devoted to Jesus in his way. Devotion is a choice, and setting our hearts to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. Well, the first of these heart choices to being uh, a fully devoted follower of Jesus is to be devoted to learning the Bible. Look at scripture back again, Acts chapter two, verses 42 and 43. They were devoted, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the apostles' teaching would have included all that Jesus had taught, Uh, much that is contained in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And and really, all of the whole Bible, the Old Testament, and then all the letters of Paul as well, all of that encompassed in there are Jesus' words to us, are God's words to us. And And as John 8, 31 says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now that word abide means to be, to live in, in a sense, it's to be devoted to to set life on Jesus' teachings. And so we as followers of Jesus are to be devoted to, to set our, to abide in, to set our attention towards the teachings of Jesus. And, then, and there's many of them. Let me just give you a few to kind of uh, uh, stir us up a little bit. One is to deny self. We're to deny self and follow Jesus' steps. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26, Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, take up a cross and follow me. And that doesn't mean a literal cross, that cross is a symbol of death. It means to die to self. They were to constantly push self aside and put Jesus out front as the greatest influence of our life. And that's a constant thing that we should be devoted to, putting Jesus first, putting Jesus as the highest influence, to putting Jesus' teachings as more than any other teachings in all of life, that he, we are devoted, denying self. In that, we're to love God and love others. Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. Jesus is being asked by a lawyer, someone who's adept in the law of God, saying, what is the greatest thing, the greatest commandment we should be involved in? And Jesus said this, did you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and to love your neighbors yourself. So one of the things that we should be devoted to is to loving God, learning about him, growing an understanding of him, and falling deeper and deeper in love with God and with Christ and with the Holy Spirit, understanding all of who God is, but also loving our neighbors. That's our mission, to love those who are around us. Uh, Luke, uh, when uh, and asked who is our neighbor, uh, Luke 25, uh, Luke 10, 25 to 37 Jesus explains who our neighbor is. It's the good Samaritan story, those who are in need. We should be looking around, our eyes open, to those who are in need and see, run to help them. Christians ought to be the first to run when there's need, help needed. We ought to be the ones who notice when our neighbors are a little off or to help them. We should love people. Not only that, we're to forgive. It is a tough one. 
Matthew 6, verse 14, Matthew 18, 21 to 35, talks a lot about forgiveness. And Peter goes, Jesus, are you sure? How many times should I forgive someone? You know, because the standard of the law was three times. They offend you three times, all bets are off. We live in a world today where forgiveness is almost absent. You know what we do? We just cancel. And that's it. We don't forgive. We just cancel somebody out. People are going to wrong us. And, 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 and one of the essence that we should be devoted to in Christ's teachings is to forgive. Not only that, we're to give and be generous. Luke chapter 6, verse 30, chapter 14, verses 13 to 14, Matthew 10, 18, all talk about giving. We're not to be always taking, but we should be giving. And Paul, the apostle Paul, said we're to be generous and cheerful givers. You hear us say that a lot up here when we do our time of giving, that uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it talks about that we're to be a cheerful giver. That means, the word literally means hilarious. We're to laugh out loud about how much that we give and to be generous in that. And not only that, we're to serve, as Matthew 23, 11 says, that we're to, 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 to take the form of a servant as we move in life, not the high person that's to be served, but actually to be the one who serves other people. See, we're to be devoted, to be devoted to abiding in these teachings of Jesus. It is to set them up as how we live our life. And we're constantly learning that as we delve into God's word and making choices to work them into the patterns of our life. And the Holy Spirit will coach and help and guide. And I've seen this in my own life, especially in the area of giving. See, I grew up, uh, grew up in not a very uh, wealthy family, actually a very poor family. We were this close to get on the you know, food stamps and all those kind of programs. And single mom, moving away, dad never f- gave us any support, or things like that. I had to get a job when I was in junior high so I could help pay rent. And it was tough. And I was very much into taking. And thinking about giving was impossible because I barely had enough to survive, I thought. And it wasn't until I came to God and, and began to learn of his generous heart that I need to give even out of my meager funds, kind of like that widow's mite gave all she had. Not to, be a good, not, not to you know, give everything and not be a good steward of the management of what I had, but to be able to give. And so as, as time has gone on, and, and God also brought me an incredible wife, partner, Christy, who was more, way more generous than me, and I began to learn how to be more generous and so we give, Christy and I give, and we give, you know, we, we looked at a tithe and said, okay, that's what, what we should need to go towards and then shoot beyond. And sometimes it's difficult, like right now, Christy retired, and so our income just dropped just like that. And so we need to figure that out, but we're going to still be generous and still give because that's God. We, we uh, are devoted to God's teaching over everything, and that shapes our lives. See, devotion is a choice, and setting our heart to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. So how could you choose to be more devoted to learning and following God's word? And, and how does this McMuffin fit into this? It does very well. And you're thinking, Mike's a little off. That's true, but let's go on. The next heart choice of being fully devoted followers of Jesus is to be devoted to fellow believers. If hopefully you're still in Acts and that um, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. Uh, now to jump down to verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need. 
And day by day, they were tending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts, and they were praising God. Now, this new group of believers had chosen to, with, and with intensity, to be connected with others, with passion. And they interacted, spending time and helping fellow believers. Now, this is not a commune-type ideal where no one has their own property or possessions. They, they did have their own property and possessions. They, 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 they were just together very intensely. And they were devoted and, and believed the same things to, with each other and interacted in a loving way. They were following Jesus' teaching. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, Jesus says, that you love one another just as I's eyes loved you. And also, as I, and just as I have loved you, you also to love one another. And that love moves us to interact in a very loving way, specifically to restore people who have strayed. Galatians 6, 1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. See, see we're not called to condemn or convict that's the Holy Spirit's job. What Jesus is teaching is, and what we should be devoted to in fellowship with other believers, is that we are called to restore, to do all we can to help equip this strayed person to come back. And that's going to be involved in bearing burdens. That's why Galatians 6 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That law of Christ that we're to be devoted to is to love our neighbors, is to love each other. See, too much. <laughs> we get caught up in this idea of condemning and canceling those who make a mistake or who are struggling in their own walk with God. And out of any people, we all should be loving people. Sure, not condoning a sin, but the Holy Spirit, remember, they're the ones who convict, not you or me. We're to love them and encourage them to go back to Jesus and keep following him. We're to love our neighbors and to love each other. They also worshiped together. In, in Acts 46 uh, and uh, um, 47, they, day by day they were attending the temple together. They were worshiping together. You know, amazing things happen when we spend time worshiping our God together. It, it fires us up. You know, when I hear uh, our whole congregation singing together in praise of God, whoo, man, it gets me excited about faith and, and that, and it's encouraging to hear people's testimony and how they're growing in God and that worshiping God together I can't wait to tell you some stuff. Someday I'll tell you more, but we have a time of prayer at the end of our service, and and already we've been just doing this the last couple of Sundays, making it at the end of the service, and people are coming, and they're seeing answers to prayer just like that, and I hope you join in with us sometime on that. Hebrews 10, 25 says, do not neglect meeting together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day draw near. They were, and we should, Make that choice to continually express a devotion to fellow believers, uh, to be involved in a life group. And I love the stories that are coming out of how life groups are gathering around, helping people who need help in different directions and different ways. Uh, it's also being involved in service teams and the way we encourage each other. Or here on Sundays, if you guys talk to the people around you and get to know those that are around you. And yes, we will annoy and bug and exasperate and offend and hurt others, don't look at the person next to you and go, uh-huh, or your spouse. Uh, but, we, but, but not only will we do all that, because I know I can be that way to people in a lot of ways, just ask my wife. 
But, but we also can encourage and affirm and care for and, and, and help and partner with and build each other up. But see, devotion is a choice. And setting our hearts to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. How could you be more devoted to fellow believers? And how in the world does this relate to a McMuffin? You will see. You will see, I promise. Another choice to being fully devoted followers of Jesus is to be devoted to prayer. Verse 42, back again. And they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. The prayers were usually the prayers in the temple. They were the praying through the psalm. They prayed through the Shema, which is Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 7. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And it goes through that and talks about being devoted to God, but also prayers of thanksgiving. Uh, we had a beautiful time in our, our pre-service prayer. And by the way, you're all welcome to come to that. It's at 820, and we pray about a lot of different things. But we spent a time, most of the time, just thanking God, and it was encouraging. They spent time in prayers thanking God and blessing uh, each other and, 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 and also what Jesus taught about prayer. This reality of prayer was the first action after Jesus' ascension, because when he ascended, he said, go to Jerusalem. They went to Jerusalem. They didn't just sit there. It says in Acts 1.14, it says, all, all these in one accord, not the Honda Accord, they were together, together, in one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brother. They were praying together constantly, and amazing things happen when people pray. Prayer is our connection and communication with the Lord. It's a conversation with God as we speak back to him praises and thanksgiving and requests and just sharing our hearts and our needs, of course. And yes, God knows it all. He really does. But it, he wants us to speak those words out of our mouth, either out loud in our head or out loud, out loud. Jesus led by example. He pulled away many times to pray, Matthew 14, 23, Mark 6, 46 to 47, John 6, 15. All this time, Jesus pulled away so he could pray. And also, Jesus gave us a pattern of prayer called the Lord's Prayer. Now, there's, the Lord's Prayer has been found in, in a number of Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew is the one most people have learned and recited. But also, Luke has his version of this. And I'd like us to read it out loud in here, and this is a portion of it. Luke chapter 11, verses 2 to 4. Just so pray this along with me. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. That's the Lord's prayer. Now there's a little longer version in Matthew, maybe the one you memorized if you memorize that, but it's a pattern to pray. We praise God. We confess. We ask for requests. Those as a great pattern to continue in our prayers. We're also to pray continually. First Thessalonians 5.17 says pray without ceasing. It's actually the shortest verse in the Bible because it's just one Greek word. Pray without ceasing. All this devoted prayer is, is, is also praying for others. As a matter of fact, why don't you do me a favor if you can. Turn to James chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 14. And this is what uh, James, who is the leader in the church of Jerusalem, uh, said about prayer. He says, anyone sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And here's the, you gotta underline this in your Bible. The prayer of a righteous person has great power 
as it is working. Your prayers make a difference. You are able to partner with God and enjoy that that incredible partner with God over praying over things. And it works. God works in prayer. And we're to pray. I love our space for prayer and I hope you join in on that. There's many answers to that in an encouraging time. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be consistent in prayer. These early believers caught the importance of prayer. It keeps us close to God. We better understand his will and his way in our prayers. Our prayers allow us to partner with God and make that difference. James 5, 16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power and is working. Our devotion to prayer is a good thing. For setting our hearts to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. How could you be more devoted to prayer? Maybe you're praying that God would encourage me to give you the Egg McMuffin. These first spirit-filled followers of Jesus were devoted. Devoted to learning the Bible, devoted to fellow believers, devoted to prayer. And lastly, they were devoted to God's mission. Go back to Acts if you're in James. Acts chapter two, now looking at verse 47. It says, you know, they were in the temple together praising God. And it says in the last part of that, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number daily or day by day those who were being saved. These spirit-filled believers were having favor with all people because they were devoted to Jesus' mission. Yes, devoted to fellow believers, but it wasn't just fellow believers that they were devoted to. They were devoted to the mission that God has called them to. That mission to love neighbors, as Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine says. That 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 mission to seek the lost. Jesus talked about lost things. We talked about that a while back when Jericho was sharing in Luke chapter fifteen, verses one to thirty-two. And then Luke nineteen ten, Jesus says that he come to seek and save the lost. Well, not only did that, his mission says to help other people, Luke 12, 22, that we're to be helping and serving other people and, and letting their, our good work serve as a light and, and blessing to others to show God off. As Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father. And Ephesians 2, 10, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to not just love other believers, but to do good works to those around us. And as God gives us opportunity, those good works will turn into opportunities to share Jesus about who he is and that we're sinful, that we need a savior and that it's Jesus. That faith in him brings us to a new life and following life his way. We want people to know that. Why? When I got saved, when I came to that place in, in, in life, when I found Christ or he found me and I received his, uh, this, the, the truth of his love, it transformed me. I was a different person from that way forward and I am so glad that I'm saved. Man. And I want people to hear that too. And I want to care enough to share and to show Jesus. That's our mission. Jesus' mission is to love on people And when we do, people are drawn to Jesus because they see Jesus. They see how good he is because Christians, Christ's followers, those who, Christian actually means little Christ, that we show people the love of Jesus. So the question is, what kind of Jesus do people see through our actions? What do our neighbors see? What do the people at work see? What do the people at school see? What do do the people in the store see? 
What are the pe- kind of Jesus do you see when you drive? Too much we are into fellow believers. And we want to love on everybody, hang out with church. It's really comfortable. And we do very, give very little attention to the actions of our mission. Or we gaze at the events of the world and get caught up with what's going on. Like how some are viewing this war in Israel. Is it the fulfillment of biblical prophecy? Well, generally, uh, but so do all the wars and natural disasters. For some, people have fixated on the fulfillment of prophecies. Maybe they want a validation of our faith, or maybe they want to make sure they're on the right side of things. See, look, this is happening. It's all true. Uh, There's a lot of reasons. And yet, it's good to study and to know the signs of the times because the end's coming. Jesus said so, it's going to happen. And actually, Jesus preached this some 2,000 years ago. Right before Jesus ascended into, in, in, into uh, heaven, his followers thought this was it. Matter of fact, if you, if you can, flip over to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says uh, Jesus is getting ready to ascend, and, and, and uh, they, they were looking up to him. They're saying, you know, is this, is this it? Their followers are saying in verse 6. So when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will at this time you restore the kingdom of heaven? In other words, are all the prophecies going to come true right now? And he said to them, this is very important. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his authority. It's not for us to know, okay, this is it. We can know that the time is coming and that should fire us up to get on with God's mission. See, the Bible does speak of what is to come. And if you want to study, study Daniel chapter 10. Matthew chapter 24, and the whole book of the Revelation. And it takes a bit to study those things. There's a lot of imagery and hard to figure out exactly those things, but there's a lot of great commentaries on. But in all this, we're not to stop and to gaze at the reality of this. Yes, to know it, but not to stop and gaze, but it should fire us up to get us on mission to share and show Jesus. Every generation feels that this attack or, or this conflict in Israel is it. But it's not for us to know when, but it's to fire us up to get on mission. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16, 15, to go and to preach the gospel. And as we studied a few weeks ago, Acts 1, 8, to be witnesses when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. If you believe the Holy Spirit's there, we're to be witnesses of all that God has done in our life. If you want an article about end times things and about how to have a perspective, look in, your, uh, in the study guide or online. You'll see a great article there about that. But yes, the end is coming. So even more, we are to be even more devoted to Jesus' mission, to help people, to care for needs, to invite people to see our tree lighting and to come to our Christmas services. Put a lawn sign up there and, and pass out flyers. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. For setting our heart to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. How could we be more devoted to Jesus' mission? So, did you figure it out? The story of the McMuffin? The English English muffin sandwich that uh, McDonald's makes has a couple of things in it. It has an egg. Now, the chicken that, that gave that egg you could say they were kind of devoted. They gave up and sacrificed the egg and, uh, and gave that for, to our breakfast. And we're appreciative of that. But that's, that's something normal that the, the chicken does every day. 
If they gave one egg, they can give another one the next day. It's kind of just part of their life. But the ham in here, the, the, the ham, the bacon, uh, that pig was fully devoted. You see the correlation? I know some of you probably got that right away. But that's the kind of believer that Jesus wants us to be, to not just casual, to give of what we already know we have, but to actually give of our whole self. Remember Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me? And that's necessarily means that we're going to be the martyr. But it's the kind of devotion that God is calling us to, to give of our full self, to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so we're to step out and be devoted to learn the Bible, to step out and be devoted to, to follow believers, to step out and be devoted to prayer, to step out and to be devoted to God's mission. For setting our hearts to be devoted to Jesus keeps life and mission moving his way. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about your devotion? Will you pray with me? Father God, as we've launched through this study in the Bible book of Acts, Lord, we're encouraged and thankful even for the funny illustration of a McMuffin, (laughs) for us to be fully devoted followers of you. Yes, devoted to your word and to the fellowship of other believers, to prayer, but most certainly the mission that you've called us to. This world desperately needs to know you, Jesus. And you've called each one of us (laughs) to give of ourselves, to quit being so self-focused, and to place you as that top influence in our life. The greatest treasure of our heart. To be fully devoted to you, Jesus. Help us in that, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.